0: Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Freiman, and this is a beautiful Friday. I hope everyone had a fantastic week. Uh, we have a action-packed episode for you today. We're going to talk about all the local stuff, as always, and then a little bit of uh, s- some stuff on the end, uh, some things I wanted to talk to you all about. But, of course, we're going to start with the local segment, and the local segment is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app or uh, go to SeatGeek.com and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Now, with all that being said, how do we always start the show? Big Blue Nation. And who else to talk Big Blue Nation with than the the biggest Big Blue Nation fan that I know that, the, you know what, I I I... I just can't do introductions anymore. I'm just running out of things today. Michael McCarty, everybody. welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you, Lucas. <laughs> I, I'm so glad to have you back on. I am sure the listeners are glad as well they uh they thoroughly miss your uh your knowledge and your comedic wits so <laughs> they they've been uh tortured the past two weeks without it, so thank you for gracing us again. <laughs> My pleasure all right. We're going to start with the game of the year, possibly so far for Kentucky. We played Tennessee last Friday. We won 86 to 69. It was a very, very dominant performance. I talked about it on Monday, but we have to hear your expert analysis of this, Michael. What was your takeaway from that victory for Big Blue Nation?
1: I absolutely loved this game. I, I, we went, we went into the game and we beat Tennessee at their own game, which is beautiful. Um, I think Cal built the team this year specifically to be able to beat Tennessee and um, that expect like mainly with the addition of Travis and it worked. It was Mm -hmm. great. Um, God, PJ Washington. So he started off and he scored the first seven points and then Keldon Johnson went nuts and then scored. Uh, what 11 of the next 13? Yep. Or 10 of the next area was crazy. Um, I loved it. it. It's funny because, like, uh, Reed, uh, Travis did not have a very good first half. Um, but man, oh man, was he the difference maker in the second half?
0: Yeah. They just kept going to him in the post, uh, consistently. Yeah. And he was just, they just dominating. They couldn't stop
1: him. Yeah. Absolutely. And PJ had another beast of a game. And he is, I mean, he's just playing phenomenal. Um, Hero had a pretty strong game, and why? How is he now like our rebounder?
0: That that was what astonished me most about the final box score when I was going back and looking at it. The fact that Tyler Hero was the one that had the double double, like yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. It's um, it, like, and I've heard other people say that like what his mentality is. Okay, he's still struggling with the shot a lot. So he's like, if I'm not going to hit shots, I have to be useful to stay on the court. So he just decided to be a rebounder.
0: I I wish I he's, could just make that conscious decision. <laughs>
1: yeah, me too. Me too, man. Oh yeah, he's no, it's it's great, and it's the intangibles that everyone's doing that are that really everyone's stepping up their game a lot. Um, it it, it was a dominant performance all the way through. I loved it, and that 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 crowd was wonderful. That is. That's the loudest crowd at Rupp in a long time.
0: Well, I think the the thing that was just crazy is it was a you know, we we had majority of the lead in the first half, but then you know Tennessee made a run, and I was just surprised with how we started that second half. That was just what like blew me away was the fact that we almost went on a twenty zero run to start the second. Like, how do you do that to this Tennessee squad? That is full of, you know, tried players. You know, there are a lot of upperclassmen. And and the fact that we just came out and they laid a goose egg for the first five minutes, it was just crazy.
1: Well, and one of the reasons this is why I predicted a blowout win was because Tennessee has not played or until us had not played anyone good in like their entire 19 win streak. Hmm. Like they they that was the weakest part of their schedule. They're very. Um, back end heavy in the Mm -hmm. sec so they've got all their big games coming up now um they just were not ready for that type of environment and that type of hard play uh it's happened i've seen it happen to kentucky many years um usually when the sec is really down and kentucky just runs through it we're not ready come tournament time because we didn't have the prep for that and i think that's what bit tennessee this time they were just not ready to have that. That is not the type of competition they've been playing the last 19 games.
0: Well, and I got to admit that that first half was even though it was like close between the two, it was so much fun to watch. Neither team was in the bonus. Like, it oh yeah the fact that they were just letting them play that was really fun in the beginning and then it felt like in the second half they kind of made up for it they got a little you know whistle happy but
1: <laughs> yeah it's like they have a certain minimum amount of fouls they have to call for a game so in the <laughs> second half they're like oh no we're nowhere near our number we got a lot of making up to do." we
0: got a quota boys let's go <laughs> yeah that's funny but you know it it was just crazy now um i'll i'll go ahead and share with the audience they know uh how i'm a stickler (coughs) and uh
1: oh yeah this is ridiculous go ahead
0: (laughs) (laughs) when you preface it with that it just makes me look even worse um (laughs) so i i was a little frustrated um because i still felt like we should have won by more we shouldn't have let them get on that run at the end we got a little lazy Um, we missed too many free throws for me. It's free. You should make them every time. Um, and then we were giving up, we got to play better defense. I know that is completely ludicrous saying in a 17 point win, but Tennessee had a lot of open shots. They just weren't hitting them. So I think there were, are definitely things that we needed to build on. And, uh, We'll talk about it in a moment. Obviously, we didn't build completely on them as we didn't beat Missouri by the margin I thought we would have.
1: Yeah, well, that makes sense. But l- let me look. Okay, so <laughs> we did not play our best game and destroyed the number one team in the country. True. How do you come away from that with a negative feeling? I, <laughs> like, that just means our potential when everyone plays good is unbeatable. I mean that
0: that's a good way to look at it. <laughs> it's just not the <laughs> way I look at it. Um I don't know. I I think it's just because I'm I would be a perfect coach. I'm just never happy.
1: You know. Uh, well, yeah, I don't know. I would not want to play for you if you expect every player on the team to shoot 100% for the free throw line.
0: No, okay, fine. I I would not <laughs> expect 100%, but everyone has to be above 80. I mean, come on it, it, it's it's not that hard it's a f- i
1: mean pj was the worst really i know travis went seven for 10 pj went four for seven pagans went three for five hero went eight for nine and richards went one for two
0: i you know and i got on pj last year when he was in the uh, tournament and missed a bunch of free throws. Yeah, it's
1: almost guaranteed when PJ's at the line, he's going to go one for two. But
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean he the the first time he got fouled, he hit both, but the next time he yeah he kept missing. But you know, I don't know. That's that's just one of the thing that frustrates me, and I think it's because here they are, they've worked their way to this level, okay, and I have a friend who, you know, in high school when we played basketball was able to do the free throw competition in the state of Kentucky. And he and another kid had to go into sudden death because they had both made over a hundred something free throws in a row. Like if he could do that, y'all can do it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Did he also play a full game? No. Did he have 23,000 people screaming at him? No. Okay. Okay. Just just curious. <laughs>
0: Dang it, Michael. I hate when you're right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, You know what my favorite stat about this is? Um, Coach Cal is now the only coach with a winning record against number one ranked teams that have um, at least seven games that have played them at least seven times.
0: Really? Yeah. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, it is. I think that's only current coach, but yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I know that UK's history itself is not very good going against the number one, so the fact Actually, that... Actually, no,
1: it's, it's fantastic. Is it? It's like 34%, 35% or something?
0: Yeah, that's... I, I wouldn't call that good.
1: <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> that means basically one out of three times when they play the number one ranked team in the country they win. That's phenomenal.
0: I, I get that. And that's, that's all time. But I'm like, you just said Cal's percentage is even higher, which I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. well, he's,
1: yeah. Four and three, but
0: that's impressive. Um, all right. We, we got to move on from this or we're yeah. going to keep <laughs> finding ways to just, you know, tear down my pessimistic, <laughs> pessimistic self. All right. Well, a perfect game for myself. Um, we played um, good old Mizzou on Tuesday. Uh, we are able to beat them uh, sixty six to fifty eight. PJ Wash Washington. Wow. <laughs> uh, sorry, my my southern side came out a little bit. PJ Washington had eighteen. Hero had eighteen. Haggins uh, added twelve. First double point scoring game for Haggins in like a month it feels like yeah in a while yeah um scary moment reed travis uh did get injured after uh he was only 13 minutes into the game um walked off the court uh ended up being just a did they call it a grade 1 mild knee sprain
1: they they didn't give the code for Kentucky uh they just said knee spring
0: okay I know Zion they gave grade one I just didn't know if they did the same with Reed either way he'll be back probably in a week um it's technically day to day but I'm sure they'll give him more time off and we'll Um, talk
1: about that later because I have an opinion about that
0: oh I'm interested okay um and you know we won but only by Eight points. So against a very very garbage Missouri team who was five hundred, um, Michael, what is your breakdown as number four Kentucky got a win?
1: Okay, yeah, I I wouldn't be concerned or worried or upset that this was not a blowout win. Um, there's a couple things that led into that. One of them was uh, when Reed Travis went out, um, we had to adjust to that, and it that that kind of took us a while, and we we did not do that well. Um and that happens when you lose one of your starters mid game to an injury. Um the other thing is, well, first of all, let me just say how much I love Rogue Tyler Hero. <laughs> Rogue if Tyler we, if, Hero. If we can get Rogue Tyler Hero to play like that at home, he'd be phenomenal. Um I, I love it. And uh I'm just looking at the stats here. Nineteen for twenty two from the free throw line. Is that good enough?
0: Yes, that, that is okay. that is serviceable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the reason this game was like this is, and teams do this. Is, this is not me picking on Missouri. When you have a team that knows they can't beat the other team in a basketball game, they try to muck it up and be tough and try to win it that way by intimidating and pretty much bruising up the other team. And it's it's a way inferior teams sometimes do it to try to stay in the game against a a higher ranked opponent. I hate that about basketball. Um I think is that it's what we did with Tennessee? No, no, we went at Tennessee at their game mm. and beat them. This is a team that they know they can't beat us in basketball. So their normal way of playing is not to play like that. They just did that against us because they didn't have that that was their only prayer. Yeah. And, you know, it's nothing malicious, really. I just, I, I hate that style. And lots of teams have used it, and I'm just not a fan. Um, as for this game getting close, I never thought we were going to lose. Um, it, it it got close, but a road win's a road win. And, I mean, that's what's important. Um, like, You just can't take a lot from this game. It was right after the Tennessee game. We had a player get injured. You know, it was on the road in front of all seven of their fans. So... <laughs> Just you just kind of kind of take a win for a win. Um, that that's horrible, man. I feel bad for their players.
0: <laughs> that's I cold. don't even
1: think all of their players' parents showed up.
0: Probably not. Um, yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and talk about this now, uh, since this did happen during the Missouri game. What what is this take that you have on Reed Travis's injury?
1: Well, first and firm, uh, foremost, thank God it's not season ending. Yes. Um, but my theory is, I think regardless of how he's feeling, we should hold him out until the SEC tournament. Really? Yes. I, for a couple reasons, number one is I don't want him to play against Tennessee. Okay. Tennessee was very, very open after the game about how they were out tough and weren't as aggressive as UK, which means they are going to be insanely aggressive and tough in Knoxville. Now they're, they're a bunch of good kids. So I'm not accusing them of like coming out with malicious intent to hurt anybody, but that game's going to be played so tough on the inside that I would with him already having that injury. There's no reason for him to be in that game because it doesn't matter if we lose. Yeah. So, and then the other reason that I love this is that gives Montgomery and Richards, valuable, valuable playing time down the stress where we will have to count on them and then come tournament time, they're just going to play that much better.
0: I, That's a good take. I mean... Yeah,
1: and I mean... So, and here's the thing. Like, the losses don't matter. So, okay. If we play at least... Okay, we'll play at least two games in the SEC tournament. So, that'll give Travis some time to warm up if he comes back for that. So, you won't come in cold to the NCAA tournament.
0: I was about to say, that, that was my only concern is about trying yeah. to get him heated back up.
1: Yeah, but I mean, we'll play at least two games there. True. And then if we lose at home to Auburn and then lose on the road to Tennessee, which are the only two I really see us possibly losing, um, we'll still get a two seed. Yeah. I mean, we'd have to probably win at least one SEC tournament game, maybe two, but we'll still get a two seed that way. So why risk it?
0: Well, they actually even said that it may be in our interest to lose a few. That way we get the two seed in Louisville.
1: Yeah, and it's that's all playing up weird. So, like, can we talk about that for a minute? Sure. Seedings? <laughs> so, okay. So, here's your number ones: Duke, Virginia, Gonzaga, and Tennessee. Yep. So, Duke just lost.
0: Yep. Big time. They <laughs>
1: have They have a top 25 matchup at Virginia Tech that will be without Zion. Mm-hmm. So then you've got Virginia plays at Louisville. That's a game they could possibly lose. Gonzaga's going to walk into a one seed because they don't play anyone. (laughs) West Coast (laughs) basketball sucks. Um, Okay. And then Tennessee, like I was saying earlier, now their schedule's getting hard. They have at LSU this week. So there's a lot of movement that can happen right there in the ones. And if you look at the twos, you've got Michigan, Kentucky, Michigan State, North Carolina. North Carolina is going to move up in the twos, um, but they do play Florida State this week. And then Michigan and Michigan State play this week, so one of them has to lose. And then if you look behind us in the threes, you've got Kansas, Houston, Marquette, and Purdue. And Kansas is playing Kansas State. Houston's playing South Florida in a couple weeks. Um, and then Nevada is probably the next best team, and they just lost. So there's still a lot of movement that's going to happen come the end of the year.
0: That's. Yeah, this has been a weird college basketball year. I feel like, even though we've had like what you think are the dominant teams, is is anybody truly dominant? Like, I I feel like there everyone has their weakness. I don't know. It's weird.
1: Yeah, I still think when it's all said and done, there's only going to be about five or six teams that really can win the tournament. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, like it's they're losing games that don't make sense, and I think that's what happens when the majority of your blue bloods are all doing the one and done thing now. Yeah. Because I mean, previously it was, you know, Duke would have a really good season. North Carolina would have a really good season because they had better players around maybe one star. And then we were the ones that would struggle every now and then because of the young players. But now that all of us are kind of having those young players, it's, um, I I think we're seeing that, that, you know, you you can lose to people.
0: It's, uh, it's going to be interesting I would love 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 to be able to be in Louisville though could you imagine that for Kentucky
1: yeah and under Cal we're 4-0 in Louisville in tournament play and that those would be two basic basically two home games I, I I would love Louisville but Kentucky fans are going to travel especially if we get a good bracket what I want more than anything is for Duke to be on the opposite side of that bracket
0: oh you know that they'll do that they won't put us on the same side
1: I, I don't know because if they if they go completely, but it depends on where the rankings fall. I would love for Virginia to be see like okay, it'd be great if Kentucky's a one. Yeah, but I don't know if we're gonna get there. So I that's I don't know two. either. Yeah, I don't want to be a three because I don't want to have to play that one that soon. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be a four and play the two. But I don't think there's I don't think I don't see any way we fall that far. So as a two. Please give me Virginia as my one.
0: That's who was our one last year um, that lost.
1: <laughs> In the first round to a 16, yeah.
0: Yeah, buddy. Uh, and I, I just... UMBC.
1: Yeah, and I just... I Virginia's good, but I, their style of play just does not translate to tournament play.
0: No, because if they have one off game, they're done. Yeah. I mean, they they have no like coverage you 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 have to be perfect with the way they play the game yeah because they be don't successful. score a lot yeah
1: so if the other team's able to score on you at all you're, you're screwed because you don't know how to score that many points so yeah it's
0: going to be interesting to say the it least and i cannot wait for our special on the tournament breakdown where we break yes. down every single game yes that is going That'll to happen. be fun and long um so Real quick, uh, before I jump into our preview of the Saturday matchup versus Auburn, um, uh, over the cylinder or not over the cylinder? or yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No, that was, that was goaltending. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. But you know i i i called my lawyer and thought about suing to have the game replayed but then i decided i didn't want to be from new orleans so i went ahead and let it go
0: this that's why i brought it up (laughs) (laughs) you you never fail to 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 just (laughs) that was the best part about it when you like texted our group chat and you're like you know what, I'm upset about this, but I'm going to cool off and I'm not going to do anything crazy because I'm not a New Orleans Safe fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and when it comes down to that, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people were upset about that. And quite frankly, it's going to cause a rule change um to make sure that that can be uh, looked at on the replay. But there's, we let them back into that game, and we let them win that game. At home, You can't be upset by a tip in you've got to, you've got to, you know, do better than that. So yeah, it it is what it is
0: that. And that's the way I looked at it. Like you can't, you know, it, it was that if you let it be that close, you deserve to lose. I mean, it it, it was that simple
1: and it probably helped us.
0: Oh yeah. I think uh, it Tennessee game. Yeah. I think it opened our eyes and made us ready to go because, You know, if you if you don't play your a game, you're going to get beat in the SEC right now. The teams are competent. (laughs) Yeah. So with that being said, poor Auburn, who was a a top dog for a while, not saying that they're anything to snuff at, but they have really been beat up their last five games. Uh, We're going to play them at Rupp Arena uh, 130 tomorrow uh, ESPN basketball power index has UK at a 72.7% chance of winning. Uh, Michael, what do you think is going to happen?
1: Um, well, it, you know, they, the, the, biggest difference between this time and the first game is they have Austin Wiley back. Um, so that'll make it a little bit more harder on the inside. Plus we won't have Reed Travis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, though, like it's interesting because the way Auburn plays is they usually play four guards and a big man. And they're big man's athletics. So, this might actually be a good game for EJ and Nick to feel like they have to do it because mm-hmm. um, we don't have another option. Um, man, it's really going to come down to how well they shoot the three. I mean, that's all Auburn does well is shoot the three. And, you know, obviously they're coming into Rupp, so you know, they're going to be hot. So, it's just we've got to limit that down as much as we can. I, you know, it's not the end of the world if we lose this game. Um, and I think it is actually possible one of the things that Auburn's a home team, they don't play as well on the road. They're only two and uh, two and five on the road this season. And their two wins are against Texas A&M and Vanderbilt, which are two of the four worst teams in the sec. <laughs> yeah, they're bad. So they do not play as well on the road. Um, we'll have to see what happens. I uh, hopefully it's a uh, rowdy rough crowd and uh, that'll, that'll help us a little bit. But I, I honestly, I think Kentucky will win and I think they should win. But I could see this going either way. I'd be surprised if we dropped another home game, though.
0: Yeah, I think that's honestly what's going to keep us from losing this. If it was the other way around, if it was going into Auburn without Reed, then I would be like, oh, this is this is definitely one we're probably going to lose. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's at Rupp, I think this is a great moment, like you said earlier, which I didn't think about. Yeah, um, This is going to be a great opportunity for those who are going to get playing time now because of Reed being out to, to feel good, get the home crowd behind you, go out there, execute and get some confidence and, you know, work on some of your skills that you don't always get the chance because of playing time. Yeah. It'll be interesting. So yeah, it will be. Hopefully we come out with a W. So. Let me uh, open this up. So uh, there's there's one more quick. I say quick because, you know, we got to get to the part of every segment with you where we talk about anything and everything. Um, (laughs) So with PJ and the way he's been playing, uh, it's been phenomenal. Would you say that he's overtaken uh, Haggins as the leader on this team?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I would say, yeah, because it was this team will live or die by Hagen's a month ago, and now it's this team will live live or die uh, by PJ. Um, He is the most important player. He has to come out hungry and play angry like he's been playing um, for us to be as successful as we would like, which would be a national title. Um, I would say he is the leader. I I think this team's really good at all the players holding each other accountable. Um, so I, I don't know if he's necessarily the most vocal that way, um, but I definitely think when he comes out and plays hard, it kind of helps build everyone else up.
0: I th- I've just loved what I've seen from him. He yeah, this is like uh you know the the tournament PJ that we saw last year that we got a glimpse of, you know, being like oh wow where was he all year? Now the fact that he's showing up midway through the season. That is what's great because then we'll get a tournament time. I mean, the man, Yeah. Th- I was, that was the thing with the Tennessee game where I was just like baffled and my jaw kept dropping that he kept getting the ball on the post and he, th- they would literally not help the person. Like, what are you doing? If he has a one-on-one matchup on the block, he is going to score. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> oh,
1: he, he's playing this. He's playing his way into the uh, national player of the year talk.
0: I, he deserves it. I mean, he's almost yeah. averaging 20 and 10. i uh, like, yeah. That's impressive in college, and especially, you know, in a, Cal, a Coach Cal system where he tries not to play the starters to more than you know thirty minutes a game. You know, right. he, Well, he keeps yeah, especially minutes with down. all
1: the options a team ha- like Kentucky has. I mean, you can average that when you play when you're the only scorer on a mid major, but when you're you know on a team as talented as Kentucky is from top to bottom, it's impressive.
0: It, it's going to be interesting, and I think he'll uh, definitely take us where we need to go, which is hopefully yeah. the promised land. All right, <laughs> now the part that I've been waiting for. Um, first question that I have for you, off the top of my sure. head, um, is Nike going to go bankrupt?
1: No, not at all. That's great. <laughs> they <laughs> are they you did sure? Lose, they did lose two billion dollars a day.
0: Yeah, which was like one percent of their stock.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, not at all. But here's okay, so let's just talk about Zion Williamson all together. Okay. First and foremost, I'm glad I'm glad it's just a sprain. I'm glad it's not a season ending or torn ACL or anything like that. I'm I'm glad that he's gonna be okay. Yes. But this made him so much money, it's crazy. You think? Oh, oh my god, yeah. So because of the way the injury happened. Nike has to sign him. <laughs> no, no, they do, because the ads that would be run by Adidas or by you know Puma, whoever else is out there, would be him talking about how he had to switch to their shoes to protect him. That would be huge. Okay, He is the next biggest player. Yes. I mean, okay, as LeBron's stardom is starting to fade a little bit, mm-hmm. Zion is the player of the next 10 years. It's so Nike has to get him. They have to. And I, I think, honestly, he's going to, I'm telling you, he's going to end up making over about 130, 135 million dollars a year in his shoe deal.
0: You know, do you think they'll do the LeBron one billion dollar lifetime contract?
1: You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if they'll offer that or, but I think what they're going to have to do is you can't pay anybody as much as Jordan gets paid a year because that's insane.
0: Yeah. That's true.
1: Um, so yeah, um, so Jordan's like at one hundred and twenty million a year, I think, or one hundred and ten million, or something like that. Um, okay. so I I think LeBron's second, at like thirty five million, or thirty three million, or something like that. I think you have to go a couple million higher than what LeBron makes a year wow. and make him the highest paid per year outside of Jordan person to get a shoe contract. That is because I'm telling you. And what's going to happen is, and it's going to get that high because every other shoe company is going to match it because they're going to want him.
0: Yeah, but, you and know, Nike has
1: <laughs> to sign him for their brand.
0: I never thought about it, but you're 100% right because this, they, they have to sign him to prevent that ad. Like, Yeah, they that, do. That, because that otherwise he's
1: going to be standing there going, I had Nike shoes and they almost ended my career. So now uh. I wear Adidas. I mean, yeah, like it's there they have to sign him.
0: I was not ready for this direction at all. Like, this is mad genius. Uh They're
1: they're coming Nike's coming out of that um Kaepernick thing which cost them a lot of money. Uh-huh. And then now this thing, they they have to win this.
0: Oh my gosh. This is gonna be interesting. Now yeah. now everybody on draft day is gonna be like, All right, who are you signing with? Who are you signing with? Oh, he'll know. be signed
1: way before draft day. Oh, you think? Oh yeah, he'll be signed. You, you know, I mean, the season's over, um, in April, and oh, then that's true. draft draft day's till not June. till June. So he'll he'll be signed way before that.
0: Well, uh, we'll we'll be ready for that Nike dad then. He'll be
1: he'll be <laughs> walking around Duke's campus. Oh, rich guy.
0: Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Uh, well, speaking of Zion, real quick before we're, we we in the segment. Um, yeah what so there's been a lot of speculation as to what he should do after this um in terms of you know this injury this scare if he should return or should he call it quits for the year now obviously we don't know what his goals were going to do you know what he he wants to fulfill what he wants to do for his teammates so this is not trying to guess what he will do but what is your opinion on should he now that he's had this scare now that things have become real of losing potentially millions of dollars um would you if you were advising him tell him to sit out the rest of the year or you know tell him to you know
1: get back in the game once you're healed and ready to go well see it's interesting because I I feel like if he would have just torn his ACL there, it would have been, obviously, he would have been out for the rest of the year, but it would not have hurt him as much as if he comes back and hurts himself again. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, ACL tears happen. I still think he would have been the number one pick, and I still think everything would have been fine for him. But if he comes back and gets hurt again... Then the, the conversation is going to switch over to be like, oh, is this going to be a lingering thing? Is, it, is he done now? Like, Is he going to have knee problems for the rest of his career?
0: So then would you say if you're Coach K, you kind of do what you were saying with Reed and just kind of shut him down until ACC time?
1: Uh, well, first of all, if I'm Coach K, that means I don't care about the player. I not... only care about my program. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he there's been multiple players in the past that he has played that should not have been playing through injuries. Yeah. So if it's Coach K, he wants him on the court next game. All if right. I'm Zion, <laughs> I I would, I would, I would only play if I was 100 percent Okay. If I'm maybe, maybe, maybe even down to 90%, but that's the furthest I would go. 70 or 80%, I wouldn't risk it. It's just too much to risk how much
0: so let's say he decides to sit out okay like you know uh this this was too big of a scare he doesn't want to risk it um what do you think he'd face a ton of backlash as far as media social media and all that
1: not for people that matter (laughs) well yeah yeah, there's always going to be your angry random people on twitter but um for people like I mean, you. I'm sure you saw the tweets that have been going out this week since this happened. Mm-hmm. The NBA players are telling him to sit out.
0: Oh, yeah. A ton of NBA players, as soon as it happened, were like, sit. Uh, Demarcus yeah. Boogie, you know, yeah. former UK player. He said college is bull bleep. You know, don't, right. don't waste I, I your I want to
1: watch how this goes for the next week or so.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because Zion might have been the straw that broke the college basketball NCAA's camel's back.
0: You know, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking about that earlier. I think it would have broken the back if he really hurt himself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if that was a torn ACL that happened, because, I mean, can you even remember the last time one of the biggest names had a major injury in college? I can't.
1: Well, there was uh, Bagley at Duke a few years ago. He
0: did, and then yeah,
1: there was that star. I can't remember his name, but like Purdue's best player went out like two years in a row. Yeah, and that guy was like a lottery pick, but But, not not this superstar status. Exactly. Yeah, and then the NBA's already um put it in to uh lower the minimum age to eighteen.
0: Yeah, if he would have tore his ACL, I think Adam Silver would have had a press conference the next day saying eighteen-year-olds can play in the NBA.
1: Yeah, I, I think this scares enough. I guarantee you this. I, I don't know how they can do it if they have to wait to a new bargaining agreement thing. But I, I think there's a good chance this will be the last draft of the one and done.
0: I mean, I'm fine with that personally. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I I think you shared the same opinion, right, on that we're we're cool with that.
1: Yeah, I mean. I love seeing these players play for UK, but when it comes down to it, I mean, I, I can't begrudge a, a, you know, a young man that's talented enough to go into the NBA to go in the NBA, make millions and play the, you know, game he loves. I, that, that wouldn't upset me.
0: Yeah. It's the, it I, it's the money thing. You know, I, I think that's what oh, gets yeah. most sensible people is like, look, go get your money because in life, nobody takes care of you. I mean, once you're an adult, you're an adult. So, you know, Zion, yeah, if he were to have a career-ending injury, you know, he'll have uh, – I, I don't know what the college minimum is, but I think it's like a $5 million insurance policy on each player. You yeah, know, not so, enough. Yeah, you know, comparatively especially, Uh, you know, on what he'd lose out. So, yeah, they're – It'll be interesting to see a change. I'm really interesting
1: on uh, interested on how the G league becomes a part of this. Um, it's going to have to be better because I mean, if there's one thing that's going to happen though, is the one and done, it seems like there's more one and done players now than there should be.
0: Yes. I agree with that.
1: And so if you take all those guys who think they're one and done and they go straight to the NBA, there's a, there's a good portion of them that are gonna have to play a lot of time in the g league
0: well this is a good question which we're we're going long on your segment and this is supposed to be a local segment but who cares uh this (laughs) this my podcast we do what we want right um (laughs) so what um what about a a rule where if you are like you said, someone who thinks that they're a one and done or, you know, good enough to go right into the NBA, go to the G League. They struggle that first year and maybe nobody wants to pick them up. Do you think then college should al- allow them to
1: come back in and try to pick up there or no? Should they? Yeah, but they're going to ha- they would have to completely redo everything before they let them do that. Yeah because that's just opening the can of worms. Then, you know, you've got all these players that what about players that went over to Europe and got paid to uh, play pro basketball. That didn't work out that would come over here and play college. It would just be, they would have to come up with a better way of doing it. Um, I I liked what I think it was coach cows idea Mm -hmm. is he said, all of the NBA teams vote on the people on the uh, high school players. They would invite to the combine and then have a combine where they have to, it has to be like over three fourths of the NBA teams wanted to invite somebody for that uh, player to get an invite. Okay, and then no one else would be like eligible to be drafted because the NBA says they're not ready.
0: That actually makes a lot of sense. I I did not hear that. Um, yeah, because that I mean that pretty much is how it worked previously. I mean. People got to remember a lot of, there's not a lot of high school people who were taken in the NBA. So, you know, opening this rule is not like, you know, all of a sudden all 30 of the first round picks are going to be high schoolers, you know, but you could tell that high schooler who was special, you know, AKA Josh Smith, uh, LeBron, Kobe, uh, all these players who you knew did not need that college level. Uh, yeah. He was ready. That that would make a
1: lot of sense. And the NCAA should also, you know, the the day they take down the uh, one and done rule and make it eighteen and go straight in, the NCAA should come up with a way to allow players that don't get drafted to play college basketball.
0: Yeah, I never liked the whole declaring thing. Takes away. Well, it's your because they sign an agent. I know, but it's the whole thing is and it's it's a farce anyway it's the the idea that the ncaa is trying to hold on to amateurism and that is not what they are they are a professional sport just groomed to look like a non-profit amateur organization it's not what they are and they need to understand that nobody in the world looks at them that way and they need they need to start acting differently um because i don't it's just it's so dumb i i agree with you like sign a contract get some money see if you're going to be eligible for the draft if you don't get drafted if nobody wants you on a g league maybe you'd have to fire your agent but no problem but then come back to the team like
1: yeah and there's got to be something they can do to where you hire an agent and then like it's put on hold where they there's no money transferred they They're just they're your agent, but they're not going to help you unless you get drafted. And then if you don't get drafted, then you can go back to college and then you can try to get next year.
0: Yeah, uh, there needs to be something or in in my thing, they just need to let players have agents even in college and get. sponsored. Yeah, that wouldn't
1: be a bad thing either. Make Um, that would change the recruiting game because then you would have to recruit through the agent, not necessarily the family.
0: Well, I, I'm saying it, it, maybe it would be more so, uh, or well, yeah. Cause you can't do like a team has an agent because then you're talking about a farm system for that one agent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that would make things a little more difficult, but I still think you should be able to be sponsored or get money, whichever oh, way I, you want.
1: I think you should be able to sell your likeness. I, I think it's ridiculous that they're not allowed to, it's indentured servitude
0: well this is this is actually uh man we're we're going way over and i hope that's okay for you but that's fine with me um so two things that i want to talk about loved your tweet about brad calipari (laughs) and had to stay up to and watch his stream to see
1: you know okay i'm glad you brought that up because i think that's I, i that's be honest that's not far off it we're not far away from media people having to watch those live streams to get news. I
0: it, it's crazy. <laughs> like the the fact that you said that I didn't even think about that. Like that is nuts. But yeah. Um how we were talking about uh like sponsoring and stuff like that, he can make money off of that Twitch stream. Does that make him uh because he's using his likeness to have viewers, does that, you know,
1: Yeah, he can't make money off that.
0: Uh, which I'm pretty sure he does because that's how twitch works, so like you know that that's something that's interesting, like I'm sure players are finding way to to get a little bit of revenue stream, not well, that no because this it.
1: actually happened a few years ago it Did was it? a um it was a football player who made youtube videos that's right, and he was drilled ineligible because that's of
0: that. right. I remember that now that I totally forgot about because they made a whole e sixty on that um. See, that's messed up, too. The-
1: no, it's like, I understand. He can't be played. Uh, he can't be paid. But why is it a guy can go sign a huge contract to play baseball and then decide he wants to play football for another year?
0: <laughs> I, it, it makes no sense. I mean,
1: But yet a guy can't you know do anything else on the side to make money. It, it, the NCAA is so screwed up. It really needs to implode and be started over.
0: It really does. It needs to be torn down and rebuilt back up because yeah. I get why it started. Okay. It made sense yeah. back in that you know time, but it no longer is beneficial, honestly.
1: No, and the Power Five conferences need to say, thank you very much. We appreciate everything you did for us. Goodbye. And then get a commissioner to set rules and run things. It, it would be so much better. Adam Silver. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> everybody wants Adam Silver to be their commissioner, even the NFL.
0: I know. Did You saw that too? Okay.
1: Yeah. Could
0: you imagine? Uh, okay, here we go. Another question. I still have another question that I got to ask you. Uh, cool. But this one, um, what if we ended up having a sports world where majority of our sports were ran by one person as commissioner? So
1: commissioner over multiple leagues?
0: Yeah, like what if Adam Silver was the commissioner of the NCAA, the N- NBA, and the NFL? I,
1: he wouldn't have time.
0: You don't think? No, that's too much for one person. Because <laughs> I feel like everyone wants Adam Silver because he handles himself the best that we've yeah, ever oh, seen absolutely. anyone do it. Like,
1: yeah, he,
0: the man gets it, and that's why the MV, uh, NFL wants him so bad. Yeah, they're like please help us understand this young audience we're all a bunch of old men <laughs> we're so confused <laughs> but okay so the question that I've been holding on I'm wanting to ask you those yeah. customizable jerseys all right <laughs> yeah what was your initial thought when you saw that
1: okay so <laughs> that was a I, big pause <laughs> I, I see the market for them I'm not an NBA jersey guy, anyway. Okay. Um, but I I see the market for them, so that you can just wake up and be like, oh, you know what? So and so played good last night. I'm gonna wear that jersey today.
0: My whole thing is is first off, it's gonna help with uh burning jerseys. That'll stop. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll place let's place a bet on what the price tag would that would be. What what is your? It would have
1: to be through the roof because you don't you would lose money yeah. because there's people that go out and will buy every player on the team's Jersey.
0: Yeah. I'm... Now they're just
1: buying one Jersey. Like that's a loss of money.
0: <sighs> All right. So you thinking, uh... and I was
1: confused about it. Does it switch teams or is it just that one team, different players?
0: so the way that it was described is it's for one team. Okay. Okay. And it can switch different players, but the the whole concept of coming up with it was to basically have different ads running on the players jerseys while they're playing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, so they can have rotating sponsors rather than how right now, all the leagues, yes, they have, or all the teams have different sponsors, but only one sponsor is allowed on the Jersey currently. Right. Um, and for
1: like big LeBron fans like you, so they don't have to keep buying different teams, jerseys every year.
0: Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I got the, the Miami six downstairs. I got the 23 Cleveland. I'm just kidding. I, I, <laughs> I don't even have the Miami six. I I'm a, I do, I do have wolf. a
1: fr- I do have a friend that is, very vocal about how the fact that he is a LeBron fan uh, that is just he whatever team LeBron plays on is the team he roots for oh I love
0: LeBron and I I will cheer him on as I hope he achieves surpassing Jordan as the best all time but you know I am a Miami Heat fan I am more a D D Wade fan so uh, that is who I have the jerseys all hung up and everything like that is D hey Wade. is
1: D Wade really done or is he going to be a Laker next year
0: he better be done (laughs) like i i cannot stomach watching him play in another jersey again that year in chicago and that two months in cleveland was very heartbreaking (laughs) um and so he better be done especially with all these like you know uh the jerseys passing on to other players he he's done. yeah he he just wants to sit there with gabby union and their new baby girl and his two boys and just relax and do <laughs> and s- sip that chardonnay that he makes and uh where oh, he'll be he'll
1: be working for espn do you think oh yeah I,
0: he would be a great commentator honestly
1: Unless tnt gets him but he'll, he'll be doing that for one of them
0: it yeah he'll he'll be great wherever he goes did you see him and kevin garnett's sit down interview no i didn't oh it was beautiful because they were showing all the replays and they showed the one where he euro stepped k g and made him look like an idiot (laughs) he was like stop showing that that that's the worst moment of my career
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's fantastic
0: but yeah that customizable jersey it to to go back to my original thing, it has to be over a thousand, right? Or would it oh, be even two thousand?
1: I mean, it would have to be something like that.
0: I mean, you figure NBA jerseys now. If you buy an authentic jersey, because I should know this because I always stare at this one that I want of Wade, but I don't have the money for it. They're a hundred and ten dollars. <laughs> so, yeah. I wonder how they do the math on what an average fan would spend in a lifetime on jerseys and how to equal that.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: That's that's gonna be interesting. But then people are gonna have to buy the different kind of jerseys. You'll have the home, you'll have the away, you'll have the alternate, you'll have the city edition, you'll have
1: (laughs) Yeah. They should just they should just give in and do it like soccer does and they get one big sponsor that's on the jersey large.
0: Yeah. Uh well I just remember when it was you know the, the the sponsor on there.
1: Yeah i mean who cares it's money (laughs) all right i'd be i'd be the nascar guy selling my front windshield oh my gosh
0: speaking of nascar uh our our fedex driver whoa whoa whoa
1: it's a skill it's a they're very talented and it's do a skill, you, that's not a
0: sport. Do you know how much they have to work out and keep in shape to handle the G force that is placed on their bodies during the race?
1: Oh, they're they're all talented at their skill.
0: <laughs> you 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 don't know who you're talking to, sir. I wanted to be an NASCAR driver growing up, okay? So I know all about these deets. <sighs>
1: I you know that's fair enough. I just <laughs> I I just don't get it. You're just I, I hear it's one of those sports <laughs> that you need to go to to enjoy. I just don't understand watching it on TV.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't watch it anymore. I used to watch it religiously, but uh, after my favorite driver retired, I stopped. But yeah, um, I uh, I had to watch it though because Represent FedEx. Uh, yeah, England I did. Yeah, the Daytona Five Hundred. With that good old FedEx purple and orange. Um, (laughs) So, you know, we got to celebrate our home team, which, by the way, I don't even know if uh, the the audience even understands. Everybody that has done anything on this podcast, by the way, Michael, it has worked for FedEx in some capacity at one time.
1: (laughs) That's fantastic.
0: Like, even Nate that made the new beat worked for FedEx. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> awesome. We're 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 just we're just keeping FedEx uh in here. So you hear that sh-
1: FedEx you should sponsor us.
0: Yes. Uh well,
1: <laughs> we we actually
0: uh uh, uh I'll I'll talk to you that off. Okay, uh, off cool. So uh, anything you want to get out any random uh, opinions before I uh move on?
1: Not really. I think I was able to uh, you know, get across my points today.
0: Definitely. I mean, you, you always do it with such skill and uh, and sometimes such uh, pain towards me because you call me out. But it's all right. <laughs> that That's why we love this. So now that uh, we're done talking about UK, now we're going to move on to NKU. NKU played against Youngstown State last night and it ended up being a pretty good game. Um, we we won, which is. Obviously, what matters, but uh, not by a huge margin of victory. One seventy-six to sixty-nine. Um, You know, looking at the box score, we we did our thing on the perimeter defense, kept them down to twenty-nine percent, but we didn't shoot very well um, ourselves from the three-point range, only going twenty-five percent. But the good thing is, we limited them to forty-four percent from the floor, while we were fifty-one percent from the floor, and ultimately that. You know, that is key when you're looking at this. So, you know, I was glad we were able to get, you know, that victory. And then, you know, it it was a big game for Drew. I mean, we're still perfect at home. Um, He had 27 points, 12 boards. Uh, Tate and Sharp added 15 and 14 respectively. Um, You know, Sharp didn't have the greatest night shooting, but still was able to make up for it elsewhere, which is very important. Uh, 12 assists for the game, not great. We we really should be averaging more, but we out-rebounded, um, and we kept our personal fouls down to 16 while Youngstown had 23 themselves. So it's great that we're still perfect at home. That's going to come in handy. Uh, we play tomorrow versus Cleveland State. Cleveland State is one of the worst teams in the division at 8-21. I definitely think that we go out, take care of business. We're at a 95.8% chance to win the game, according to the ESPN Basketball Power Index. And I I really think that we go out handle our business and then we have a nice break until another game next Thursday against Milwaukee in Milwaukee. So we need to get this win. We need to continue to stay on pace. Now that we are tied with Wright State for the the lead of the Horizon League, and um, it it's it, it's very important that we. Win out and hope that Wright State slips up in some portion. Thankfully, Green uh, Green Bay and UIC both uh, slipped up as they are now two and a half game back, uh, which helps us uh, a lot. But we we need Wright State to drop one uh, here soon uh, before we get to the end of the season. We have to win this Horizon League to be able to get into the NCAA tournament, and that is important for us. You know. Going forward in this year and especially with the being Drew's last year, we really want to hit this thing out of the park one last time for him. So that is uh, the main thing that I wanted to talk about with, you know, NKU. Obviously not too much to talk about, but, you know, we're, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. We just need to go out, execute and be ready night in, night out to win these games. We have to win them going forward. So we'll keep an eye on that. All right, guys, we are going to talk Bengals now and who other than to talk Bengals with then. You know what? I I don't even have a good thing. I'm just so happy he's here. I want to cry. I have happy tears (laughs) in my eyes. Brian Goins is joining us from the road all the way in Fargo.
2: Fargo, North Dakota is where I'm at right now. Home of the bison. Uh, The bison. four Four out of five FCS national championships in football. Home of Carson Wentz. Ooh. Home of like nine feet of snow, actually, right now. <laughs> the, snow, the snow piles out here are really, really, really tall. So I will take the rain
0: that has been the tri-state area lately over that. I
2: wish I knew what it was like. It's been a while. So.
0: <laughs> Come visit. All right, so... We're going to talk about I had all these questions lined up on why don't we have a D.C.? What are we going to do without a D.C.? This, that and the other. Well, a few hours ago, because I'm recording this on Thursday because I'm a bum, um, I uh, there was announced that the Bengals have hired Lou Tony Romo. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> Lou Anna a Uh, who was the former Giants uh, DB coach. Uh, He will be the defensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals under Zach Taylor. Brian, what is your initial reaction to this? And then kind of go into what you think he'll be able to bring to this team that these other defensive coordinators maybe couldn't have.
2: Well, it's a tricky situation. He's not walking into an ideal scenario. Um, The Bengals last year ranked, they ranked 32nd in total defense, 32nd against the pass, 30th in points allowed, 29th against the run. So he's not walking into an ideal scenario uh, to have his first defensive coordinator position on. That being said, we don't know a lot about Lou Anaruo as a coach. Um, he did work with Zach Taylor in the past. So these guys have some familiarity. He was the defensive backs coach in New York, which New York, uh, I think was top 15 or top 10 in against the past. So that's at least a, that's a, that's at least a, a positive to take away from it. Um, but I don't, I don't really know. I It's really hard. He was initially uh, a top candidate when the Bengals started the defensive coordinator uh, coaching search, but they went after a bunch of guys before him. So I don't really know whether this was a we need to make a move now because it's almost March kind of move or whether it was a calculated. We know a lot about this guy. Let's go ahead and get him kind of move because we missed out on so many uh, high caliber candidates. Um, so I don't really know. I obviously, I think the passing game is going to be improved, but I don't know how the guy knows his linebackers. We don't know how he's going to set up defensive schemes, especially, um, uh, on the defensive line. Cause I mean, frankly, Zach Taylor is an offensive minded coach. So this is going to be Lou Rumo's defense. So we don't, uh, it's a very, it's a, it's a coin flip kind of a, kind of a pick right now, I think.
0: So kind of to go back to what you were saying there at the end, what, if any concerns do you have that, that it almost took us till March to find the defensive coordinator. Is this any at all um, something that we need to look at because uh, this is like organizational that people don't want to play for or play uh, don't want to coach in Cincinnati. Or is this maybe a Zach Taylor thing? Because if you look at all the coaches he's hired, the only people he's been able to hire are people that he's personally had a connection with, been on a staff with, or played with at some point in his career. He's been able to get no "quote unquote" outside hires um, on this squad. You know, elaborate on what you think that. How should we take that? Basically, well,
2: for well, for a first year head coach, that's very common. Any any first year, basically, when you look at an, an NFL coaching tree, what what a coach does throughout his entire you know tenure as an nfl whether it be running back coach offensive coordinator quarterbacks coach whatever he's doing most of those connections and those relationships stay established because you never know who's going to get that job as the head coach now when you're a first year head coach It's going to be really hard to bring in some sort of big-name guy to take over your offense or your defense or or coach positioning or anything like that solely because that guy feels like he might, you know, be a step above you and need to go get a head coaching job for himself. When you're a first-year head coach, the guys you're going to hire to work for you are going to be guys that you worked with as uh, as an assistant coach, um, you know, pairing and a staff in the past. So I'm not necessarily going to, you know, take those hires – or the, the lack thereof, uh, those hires that we did not get. I'm not going to blame that necessarily on, you know, people willing to work with Zach Taylor or, or, or what have you. Honestly, I think with the defensive coordinator position, it's just not an attractive job right now. You're talking about a linebacking core that's depleted and could get depleted further based on what player personnel decides to do, um, whether they you know, ditch Fontez, perfect, or even ditch the whole linebacking core besides Preston Brown. Um, you've got a great defensive line to work with, but then you've got a you've got a pretty limited defensive backing core. You've got uh, you've got a, a couple good safeties uh, in Sean Williams and Jesse Bates, a potential great safety in Jesse Bates. You've got a a couple veteran corners who are starting. That one of them has potential to improve, but then the rest of them necessarily aren't the most skilled in the league and they don't necessarily have that that window to make that massive improvement between their you know rookie and fifth year you know because they're they're in their seventh and eighth years now um and then yeah that but you know back to the, the linebacking core you just don't have a lot to work with there so there's a lot of work cut out um and it's not necessarily a huge desire for any coach to come in and work with the the worst defense in the nfl uh, statistically. So I'm going to, I'm going to at least lend some credence to that. I think the Florida defensive coordinator, uh, the university of Florida defensive coordinator was a money thing because, uh, we couldn't necessarily offer the same amount of money that university of Florida could pay because that's how the NCAA works. Somehow their coaches get paid (laughs) way more. Um, their coaches get paid way more and their athletes don't get paid at all. So, that's why gonna, that's good. I'm going to leave that as an outlier with the rest of the, the rest of the, uh, of the non-hires that we had, the people turning down the job, I'm going to chalk it up to the fact that it's just not an attractive job in Cincinnati.
0: So, okay. Now we, we have the majority of our positions filled. I know that we still have like a few odds and ends left to fill in if you had, we still need to, to
2: find that special assistant to the head coach. Right? I don't know where our <laughs> Hugh Jackson is.
0: We still need to find uh, his sideline guy too to keep him off uh, the field.
2: <laughs> we we um, need the get back coach. Yeah,
0: the get back coach. Thank you. I was blanking on what it was called. Um, but so looking at this staff, the the big pieces as a whole that we do have. How are you feeling going forward can you do you get a sense of any direction that Zach Taylor and these coordinators are going to try to take this team? Do you feel like it's going to be a rebuilding year next year, or do you think that they're going to come in with a mindset of let's quickly rebuild in the off season and let's try to win now?
2: Well, we have a very weird situation right now where our offense um you know, with a couple good draft picks and a couple good off season moves, the, the offense in Cincinnati could absolutely be one of the best in the NFL could be a win now offense. There's, you have terrific speedster and John Ross. You have AJ green. Of course, you have Tyler Boyd who's exploded. Um, you have, you have guys uh, you have, you have draft picks to potentially build that on. And then you have some potential free agent moves. You have a quarterback named Dalton. who's a distributor. You have a potential returning top tier tight end and Tyler Eifert. If the Bengals are so willing to, to make that happen. Um, and then some talent behind him, and you have a great running back in Joe Mixon and Giov- Giovanni Bernard. That's a dangerous tandem. So the offense is set up to possibly be a win-now offense in Cincinnati. The defense, on the other hand, at least from a linebacking standpoint, is it, we're desperate for a for a linebacker rebuild. So if the Bengals can quickly turn around and, and get some nice turnover on the linebacking court, it can be a win-now team, possibly, you know, get into a wild card or, or maybe even steal away the AFC North if the Steelers drop off the way that I think they will. Um, you know, that's a, that's a possibility. But um, right now it, it's, we're in this weird limbo where we have a very high-powered offense but not necessarily a defense to back it up. Now, that worked for Kansas City last year until you got to the AFC Championship game. So we could be going that route, but it, right now I, I we, we just don't know, especially with this defensive coordinator hire. Um, the biggest thing I can tell you is that I think we're going to see another improved Andy Dalton year, and I'm going to say that with confidence.
0: I like that, even though a bunch of crazy people on the interwebs are like, let's move on, let's get other people. It's not Andy Dalton, guys. No, it's, it's never been.
2: It's <laughs> never been. It never like, has been. Um,
0: he is good
2: yeah he's a he's a great he's he's a great quarterback he's the kind of quarterback that needs to work with weapons um as has been evidenced And statistically up until he got injured and i made this prediction and i'm proud of this prediction he was having his <laughs> best year as a quarterback because Just i know these things you can call me the quarterback wester i'm the john gruden of this podcast uh, man oh my gosh so
0: you're bad <laughs> I, you know all right so here we'll, let let's uh digress from the coaching staff okay mm-hmm. um we also oh her- hilariously if you, uh people did not get to see it because how quickly it went up and went down we have sources inside the Bengals facility uh <laughs> aka A- Andy Furman and um <laughs> he decided to reach out to us and let us know that Vontes Burfick was going to be cut so he broke the news on Twitterverse and uh we fortunately, or you could say, unfortunately, in this case, we're able to be the first ones to break it on Instagram. Well, 45 minutes later, we get an update saying false fake news. I was told bad information. So we had to quickly JK and take everything down very awkwardly. Um, that I I feel so embarrassed, Brian. I was so proud of that moment, and then it was just taken away. <laughs> you were ready to it.
2: break some news, weren't I, you?
0: Yes, I was ready because he was the person that broke that Zach Taylor was going to be our hire, and mm-hmm. I was like, "No way! I'm gonna wait until somebody more credible than Andy."
2: <laughs> oh, you disrespected Andy I Furman. Did, get out of I here! I did.
0: And we could have been one of the first along with him to report that. But instead, I waited. So this time when I got information from him, I was like, go. I, I post it right now. And of course, that's the time I get burned.
2: I just want to put it on the record, Andy Furman, that I have your back all the time.
0: I love I'll never
2: second guess you I love Andy but Lucas Lucas may second guess you Andy Furman but I never will (laughs) so with all that being
0: said and you kind of briefly spoke to it um, and I know we've talked about it multiple times but do you feel that the Bengals will part ways from Vontaze Perfect this offseason
2: no I think it's a foregone conclusion I, if it doesn't happen, I don't know what they're thinking in Cincinnati. They need they they need to sever these ties. If he would have had a year, even a fraction, like even even seventy five percent of what he was before he started getting through all these suspensions and injuries, um, if he would have had a year like he potentially could have had as a linebacker, then absolutely, I would say let's give him another one year, let's extend him, what have you. But he he didn't, and then he suffered another concussion, which is what is twelfth uh it's up there it's- he's got a lot of concussions he needs to go um there like i said there needs to be a huge linebacker overhaul, and it starts with Vontez perfect because he right now is still technically the spearhead of that linebacking core and he's just not good enough to be that um from a leadership standpoint and right now from a play standpoint he's just not the linebacker that he was uh he's already tailing towards the end of his career we need to re- we need to freshen it up in there and it starts with cutting Vontes perfect
0: I couldn't agree more, sir. Even though I, I I like the guy, I've met him several times, but he's he's just got to go. Speaking he does, of, I'm, and it's of, a football
2: move. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, speaking of Bengals, I met shout out Billy Price. Got to talk to him today. Um, oh, that was fun, Billy Price. Uh, hopefully, we you need can to get him on the him. podcast. I'm, I'm trying. I I promise you, I am trying. Maybe he'll be the next one. Um, so. Time for a transition. Uh, hopefully, everyone can hang on to their seats. Yes, <laughs> Brian is here to talk multiple teams because I know he, as everyone knows, is a multi-dimensional sports personality. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a five-sport athlete, Lucas. He, you are, and and five-star in each sport. Let me five-star
2: in every one I'm your regular. I'm a regular. You know, they say Bo knows Bo, but I don't think Bo knows Brian. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. I'm going to create a shirt and sell that with that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So the team that I want to switch to was a team that had me and you super excited last year and even more excited this year. That is the first time in 2019. We're going to talk about FC Cincinnati as they are making their official start in the MLS uh, on March 2nd, that it will be their first match against Seattle Sounders FC. What a
2: birthday present to me.
0: I know, man. That is a great (laughs) birthday present. And also the birth of my son might be on that day. We don't know. Oh, yeah, there you Um, go. So um, the cool thing is, you know, that, we're we're officially in MLS like I I think that's so exciting that we have an MLS squad here in the area and I personally just just cannot wait to buy FIFA 20 um (laughs) so I can play as FC Cincinnati but you know I know we're a few weeks ahead or well we're a week ahead talking about this but I wanted to guarantee that we got it in there just in case you were you know, I or one of us were too busy next week. Yeah. Um, FC's played a couple matches this month. Uh they are they won at the beginning of the month over the Colo- Colorado Rapids. Uh tied DC United, uh, got beat by Patty and Indy Eleven. Yeah. Um, man. I'm I still disappointed that. about that.
2: I gave him a rest for that.
0: Good. Good. Because he deserves that. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we beat Charleston Battery, tied Chicago Fire and we play the Columbus Crew uh tom- uh yeah tomorrow when you guys are listening to this sorry um but yeah uh I know I didn't give you too much prep time on this but what do you think uh will come of FC Cincinnati as they make the MLS move. I mean, we were the favorite of team last year in the USL. We won the playoff round, but sadly we did not win it uh go all the way like we probably should have. Um but I I think that we've made a lot of great off-season moves and I just want to know your opinion because you uh, you astound me with your football knowledge.
2: Well, um it's a jump from the USL to the MLS is not going to be necessarily the cleanest jump. Um, there's obviously a giant pace of play and, and, and skill level jump. We, there's some tremendous talent in the MLS. Um, but I don't necessarily want to say the – I mean, FC, FC could end up being a playoff team in the MLS uh, if, they, if the roster turnover proves to be as, as well as they are. I do want to talk about one guy, Roland Lama uh was a signee over the over this season mm-hmm. and um uh, right before the season started he was a trialist when we hit the the uh, preseason and and he he hit probably the prettiest goal I've ever seen in an F C Cincinnati uniform since the teams existed um against the Chicago Fire. Now that game ended up being a draw. Now I the I do like Roland Lama. I think he's gonna be a huge anchor. I think Forrest Lasso is gonna break out this year. I think Forrest Lasso will be one of the MLS's young stars. Fernando Addy, of course. Um, but I do want to talk about Spencer Ritchie. Spencer Ritchie had eight I think it was eight, eight or nine saves against uh against the Chicago Fire. Um, which I mean that that's a hundred percent of the reason why FC was able to hold on to a tie against you know the Chicago Fire. So I think if Spencer Ritchie keeps playing the way that he does uh, this could be a very dangerous defensive team, which was the case with FC last year. We had a very strong defense. Alan Cook is a very, very great defensive uh, minded coach, um, which is a huge thing in the MLS, because obviously if you can keep the other team from scoring, as long as your strikers are working, um, it's 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 a very dangerous squad so i don't necessarily want to say fc is going to be top of the line in mls or anything in their first year i don't want to go overboard but it has the potential to be a playoff team in the mls in its first year i'd love to see that but obviously it's going to take a huge uphill battle
0: i would just love to be not like most expansion teams where you you jump in and you're just awful you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i also don't expect us to be the freaking golden knights of right. las vegas where they you know got to the stanley cup finals in their first year the I- nice
2: thing about the the nice thing about the sport the nice thing about mls and, and really um, you know association football across the world is that your your roster turnover is different every single year you know, you, you have a different roster to look at. So like, it's not necessarily, obviously coaching is a factor, but it's not necessarily, you know, you're, you're picking from the scraps uh, when you're an expansion team. So that's a nice thing to look at.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've definitely had some great signings. Uh, We even had a a really good draftee um, Mm -hmm. that we took. And so I, I honestly think that we can make the playoffs Um, if we do, fans of cincinnati should be rejoicing that would be an amazing start um i would just love to be competitive you know if we're if we're over 500 at the end of the year i think that that is a great expansion year um -hmm. and uh playoffs would just be candy on top if you know we're able to get that absolutely so that is uh brian's prediction on that now i want to take another shift yes again we just talked about this man knows every sport known to man i'm gonna uh, i just him i just read curling. too much
2: um i just read too much you just read too much um
0: transferring to the cincinnati reds who will start playing saturday in uh spring training um so Pretty much everyone knows all the big blockbuster moves that the Reds have made. And that is part of the reason why I, you know, when me and Brian had a discussion a little while ago that I have faith in the Reds organization because they show that they are committed to getting better. And, you know, now that it's finally time, Brian, we're really we're going to have baseball back in our lives What is uh, your thoughts on the Reds, and what do you think this season holds for us?
2: Well, I certainly think that the Reds have have jumped themselves into a potential, you know, eighty-two and above win team, which is which is over um, that's over five hundred. And I I think this team can be over five hundred, and I think they can squeeze out a wild card spot. But it all depends on the performance of. Uh, I mean, our, our pitching staff overall, but ultimately our top three, um, you know, can Alex Wood be the starter that we're expecting him to be. Uh, and can we see Luis Castillo break out the way that people are predicting he may break out this year? Um, I said it, I said it when we made the signing um, of Alex, Al, uh, of Alex Wood and we traded for Taryn Roark. Um, if. We have a nice breakout year from Luis Castillo. We'll have one of the best pitching staffs in the National League. Um, but we need, I mean, obviously that pitching staff needs to, uh, I mean, the bats are going to be the bats. And I think the bats are just fine. I don't think there's any concern necessarily from the batting order. Um, I think Joey Vado now having some support around him is going to be able to, to drive some runs home. Uh, I think Yasiel Weeks still got a good bat on him. I think when Matt Kemp does get a chance to step in, he'll be able to, to, uh, to make a difference. Scooter again, still a, a dangerous bat. Um, I, I I'm not worried about the batting uh, about our hitting at all. I think we can we can definitely uh, produce from a from a lineup standpoint. But the pitching staff overall, if we can see that massive improvement that people are seeing possibly happen in Luis Castillo and uh, Alex Wood and Tanner Roark turn out to be what we you know what we wanted them to be when we traded for him, particularly Roark because Roark had kind of a down year in New York. Um, if they can turn out to be what they are, this is definitely an over five hundred and a wild card team. This team's not going to win the NL Central. I'll say that and set that expectation right now. We're not going to win the NL Central, but I do see a potential wild card team.
0: Now, my question to you, just because I, I like baseball, but I, I admittedly do not know baseball. You know what I mean to to mm-hmm. depth. Is spring training a good way to gauge what we are going to get out of those prospects that we picked up?
2: Yes and no. We're not going to – I mean, we're going to see them a little bit. They're going to come in and pitch. I mean, the the fun, the fun thing about spring training is that you get a very small sample size, so you can't necessarily make it an entire prediction. What you want to see in spring training is improvement upon every start or every single inning um, that these guys put in in spring training. If you see that improvement happen, then that's a good sign for the season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with, with spring training, you're going to see 25 different pitchers take the mound um over the course of a month with the reds so the the limited amount of time that we do see wood roark and uh castillo a um you know but it, the the literal amount of time that we do see those guys get on the mound if we can see them improve from day one to day 30 of spring training then i i i, I think we'll be looking at a good season for him but with baseball being a long and grueling season it's a really hard one to predict
0: yeah, it is for so long, man. 162 games. Just why? Why? That's a lot of them. That is a lot of games. Um, We'll have to wait and see. I would love to see the Reds back into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's been sad not having that. So, all right, Brian, we got five more minutes. So, a few things <laughs> I got to throw out there. One, is Nike going to go bankrupt over Zion Williams' shoe splitting?
2: No, I think I think Nike is going to make so much money off of this because here's here's what's going to happen is it's going to be draft time and Adidas and and probably even Puma and Converse <laughs> and all these shoe companies, Reebok and Skechers are all going to be hitting them Zion. like our shoes don't rip when you're on the basketball court, dude. Um and and then and then they're going to offer them the most money they possibly can and then Nike's going to say Zion, how does $1 billion sound <laughs> to wear our shoes on the court? And then Zion will wear them, and then every single person in the United States will buy a pair of Nikes. That's exactly what's going to happen.
0: You, you think that they would offer uh, the lifetime deal that only LeBron James has
2: to Zion? Um, I don't know if they'll offer the lifetime deal. But well, I say that because I, I... that's what his deal was worth was the billion um, for a lifetime. <laughs> If he, if he pans out in 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 the span of his rookie contract, yeah, maybe. But I, I do think I do think I don't think this is going to hurt Nike at all. I really don't. I, I think they're going to <laughs> what's going to happen is they're going to be a meme for a couple months and then they once that meme kind of runs its course, then they'll they'll be they'll be just fine. I'm not worried about it at all with them.
0: So it, it's funny too because they collected uh the shoe like from Coach K, and they are inspecting and investigating into it to figure out what happened and what went wrong and things like that. uh, They
2: sacrificed durability for the ability to (laughs) self-lace.
0: Yeah, apparently. They took a a 1% hit for that happening, by the way. That is the official number.
2: Their stock went down 1% after that. That's a, that's the big number, but, but I mean, it's so funny. Cause they're like, yeah, our shoes are, you know, our shoes break on cord, but Ooh, look, they tied themselves. <laughs> so they'll just come out with something new and trendy and some, some other movie that's not back to the future and they'll be just fine. They're, I'm not
0: worried about them. I'm glad.
2: Um, <laughs> they're a smart. They're a smart business company.
0: All right. Two and a half more minutes to go. Um, fire questions i'm just gonna go off the top of my dome you ready
2: uh oh yeah here
0: we go all right antonio brown where does he land san francisco you think so
2: absolutely san francisco
0: do they trade a first round pick for him yeah oh
2: yeah if 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 the if the window is open for antonio brown to go to san francisco san francisco will give up every single thing they possibly can can you imagine if jimmy garoppolo comes back and has to throw the ball to antonio brown Get out of here. Yeah, I'd, tra- I'd trade a first-round pick. If I had the first overall pick, I'd trade it for Antonio Brown. Oh, my gosh, you're crazy.
0: Uh, I would.
2: Le'Veon Bell, where does he land? He's a trickier one. Um, I I could see Le'Veon Bell in Green Bay. I'd like to see Le'Veon Bell in Green Bay.
0: That would be because... interesting. Aaron Rodgers would have a running back for the first time in his career.
2: Absolutely. I was actually watching uh, – I watched first take, and there was a theory that both of them could end up in Green Bay. Whoa. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that's a fantasy land, but <laughs> can you imagine having Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown, at least, even just Aaron Rodgers and Antonio Brown together? Wow. Aaron Rodgers hasn't had anybody. I mean, he's had Jordy Nelson for years, but he hasn't had anybody quite at the level of Antonio Brown. Randall and Cobb. he never, Randall Cobb's not as good as Antonio Brown. I, that's, an in, that's an insult to Antonio Brown. If you say that. I'm
0: just trying to pump up a
2: UK guy, all right? I know, I know. But at Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson, they've never been Antonio Brown. Um, and with and, and Le'Veon Bell, he's never had a running back at the level of Le'Veon Bell either. Can you imagine having the da- like, the amount of danger from a big play happening from the running back or the quarterback position to guys who, if they, if they win a Super Bowl together, are, I mean, I would say – If Le'Veon Bell has like three great years in him and they win one Super Bowl, I'd say Le'Veon Bell goes to the Hall of Fame, and I'd say Aaron Rodgers for sure goes to the Hall of Fame.
0: All right, can you imagine that? That that would be crazy. They could do that for each other. They could. So that's
2: Le'Veon Bell. My favorite spot for him right now is Green Bay.
0: All right, fifteen more seconds. Uh, Uh Where or where do you place Diallo's dunk over Shaq in the slam dunk history?
2: I don't put I don't put any dunks past two thousand five. On any list. At all. I don't think you can never go above Dr. J. You can never go above Dominic Wilkins. You can never go above Michael Jordan. You can never go above Tracy McGrady or Vince Carter. You can never do that. You can never do it. It was a cool dunk. It was a cool dunk. I love Hamadou Diallo. I love him so much. That will never go above. No no dunk contest will ever go above any of the ones between like 1988 and 2005. None of them. No love to the UK alum. Listen, (laughs) I told you I love Hamadou Diallo. I I love that a UK player was able to come away with the dunk contest, but you're retreading to Vince Carter dunk that was done better without jumping jumping over somebody. Okay, I'll give you you that. Now, I will say there is a potential that next year's dunk contest could be better because I would like to see Zion Williams in it.
0: They're, think, they're thinking next year that uh, Giannis wants to do it. Um, Zion will probably be in it. Uh, I hope they
2: put stars back into it because what happened was they took all the stars away.
0: Yeah, they need
2: to rethink if it. They put, if they put all the stars back in the dunk contest, then we'll be looking at. I mean, the dunk contest would be the coolest thing to happen in All Star weekend. So it normally is because the All Star game itself is a snooze fest, it's just NBA players trying to outscore each other. Um, yeah,
0: the the All-Star ratings actually came out and it was uh lowest rating ever for an All-Star game. So, it was so, it
2: used to be fun. It, like in the again, mid 2000s, All-Star weekend was the coolest thing on the planet. And when you're talking about, you got to watch, you got to watch Kobe Bryant, you got to watch uh Tracy McGrady, you got to watch Carmelo Anthony, LeBron LeBron James, you got to watch uh Vince Carter. All these guys just play really good basketball against each other now it's just who can shoot the the coolest three-point shot (laughs) and i just don't care about it anymore i
0: i get it but all right sir thank you for uh joining us and talking all the diverse sports that you are a uh a fan and a expert on um
2: i'm a jack of all trades but a master of none
0: no, nah, I think you're a master of some. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some. Um, <laughs> all right, That's so, more credit than you've ever given me in my life, Lucas. It, it, I mean, I'm showing you some love, man. Uh, <laughs> all right, so we are. Uh, this will conclude today's local segment. Again, it's brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Thank you to Brian and Michael for joining us on the show today. Uh, There's not really too much else to talk about that I didn't cover with either of them. So I really hope that you uh, enjoyed the show. And uh, real quick, the only special announcement I have to put out there, my wife had to especially recommend that I put it out there since we are a sports podcast. Space Jam 2 has an official release date. It is July 16th. 2021 and of course lebron james will be the main superhero of that film so it'll be interesting and i cannot wait to show that off or watch it or whatever and see uh how it turns out and compares to the original space jam so uh, that's all the news that uh, we need to cover. I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Make sure to like, and share, follow us on all of the different platforms and, uh, you know, thank you. Uh, appreciate you listening and I will be back here to talk to you all Monday. Peace out.